Welcome to the local Assembly 2 4 podcast in 3, 2, 1. Yo, what's going on, everybody? How's it going? Uh, we're hitting you up on a Thursday morning, which is pretty crazy. We're usually a Friday afternoon guys, but uh, we've never done one in the morning. I know. This is our first, first morning one. episode ever. It's going to be fun, though. Uh, Today on the studio, in the studio, we have uh, Jeannie Karen from Summer Sounds. This is something that uh, I've been personally excited about for a while. Uh, you know, we've been talking about getting these guys on the show for a while. Um, this one is very exciting uh, because Summer Sounds is just something that's so big. It's well known. It's a staple in Greensburg, and uh, I can't wait to to have this next hour to talk about it. So. Welcome to the show, you guys. I'm really excited to to have you. Thank you. So uh, why don't you guys maybe start by telling us just the origin story of Summer Sounds. How did this all start? By accident. By accident. (laughs) Um, uh, Honestly, uh, we were three people were sitting in a bar in Greensburg. Imagine that. That's Um, usually how great things start. That's how how a lot of bad stories start, isn't it? Uh, Steve Gifford, who ran the Greensburg Community Development Corporation, and myself, and I was recently retired, and um, Missy Monsoor, and um, the city had built this big amphitheater. Well, GCDC actually built it. Um, And... Hadn't used it for two years, and Missy was saying, gee, it's a shame they have this nice amphitheater now, and nothing happening. I got up and ran for the door. Didn't make it out. We decided to start doing concerts. Just sitting in a bar, we said, we'll use local talent. It's nearly free. Um, and so that's how it started. And it was clear that there was a good demand for it. Um, first kind of... First summer we did, I think, six shows and probably drew two or three hundred people apiece. Um, no advertising, nothing. Just um, and So it was started as a hobby, uh, a nice thing to do for Greensburg. Um, and it grew from there. Steve's idea was that it would promote Greensburg, draw people into downtown, and that's a part of the GCDC mission. Um, my motivation was one, I like audio, I like music, um, and I wanted to promote Greensburg. I think Greensburg is a really undersold town. Um, uh, and um, when I moved here, I thought I moved here 30 some years ago. I really thought it was going to be a big suburb of Pittsburgh, but of course, they never built roads. So mm-hmm. it didn't. Anyhow, and it just kind of grew from there. Um, uh, I have an entrepreneurial background, and so kind of growing things is in my blood. Um, do 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 better, faster, cheaper, etc. And it paid off. And so this year we're going to do at least 40,000 40, people. So, wow! And it's a regional thing, you know. So it, uh, and that's. The actual origin. We started it, by the way. Um, I approached the city. Um, in those days, uh, I knew all the city governance pretty well. And we ran it as a city project. Uh, it's actually run out of the recreation department. And so Steve and Missy and I 
became the Summer Sounds Committee of the city of Greensburg, which was nice, though, because we ran all the money through the city. We had their insurance, so we didn't have any of the bureaucratic headaches right, of yeah. producing a concert <laughs> series. Um, and that, you know, we divorced. I shouldn't use that word, but we separated from the city into a nonprofit, I think, about five years ago. Um, so we're kind of off on our own, but using the city's building. And, you know, the, the city likes it, rightfully mm -hmm. so, I think. So I'm pretty sure we're certainly the biggest event in Greensburg, and we're probably um, one of the biggest, worst, biggest free events in the county. Um, the fair draws more than we do. And community days, maybe. Nobody really quite knows how many people go not community days, um, the um, arts and heritage. Nobody really knows how many people go to that, but that's a big event. So that's where we are. That's awesome. Karen, how did you get involved? Well, my husband is a good friend of Gene's, so um, he kind of dragged me into it. <laughs> <laughs> Kicking and screaming. Uh, yes, and I've been here ever since, and um, volunteers are like a big, big part of our program because mm -hmm. and if anybody out there is interested in being a volunteer please let us know because we can always use an extra hand somewhere mm -hmm. anywhere we can put you mm -hmm. so that that is a really really big big concern of ours to get enough volunteers to help mm -hmm. especially with the big big crowds that we get mm -hmm. yeah so. actually we you know summer sounds is entirely volunteers there's no paid staff and um there are about 50 volunteers right now uh, of record, and most of them will be showing up during the summer. Um, yeah, they're happy to be here just as, just as much as the audience is happy to be here. I mean, you know, everybody kind of has their own station to work in, and, and everybody kind of knows what to do now since we're, we've been here so long. But like I said, volunteers are always needed. And most of us have become friends. Which is, a, which is another cool thing. Like tonight, we will go to dinner. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Every Thursday night, somewhere between five and a dozen of us have dinner together all year long, which is kind of a neat thing because it's, it's like um, the world has changed, and a lot of people are remote workers, and so they don't get to dine together and hang out together and stuff at work. So a lot of company corporate communications is lost. And we make up for that by having dinner together. And we do a lot of Summer Sounds planning and business just by bouncing ideas off of each other at dinner every week. Right. Yeah. Right. So so this is like a weekly ritual before the show? Mm -hmm. You oh, guys yeah. go out on Thursdays? Yep. Well, it's all year long. Really. Yeah. I mean, we do it in the wintertime. Oh, that's great. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, that's year. awesome. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. And we promote our businesses that support us in our uh, program books also. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. We, if you want to know where we go to eat, look in the program book. We tend there to, you go. We tend to support our uh, the people who support us. That's good. I like that. Yeah. That is fantastic. One of my favorite things about uh, that I was looking forward to meeting you guys is that 
we kind of had uh, a series going, um, not that we've been trying to, but a series of individuals who have been coming on this show who have really started things from a grassroots perspective and built it up. And this is not people who were city employees or people who were necessarily development people, but just regular individuals who were sitting around saying, hey, you know what the city needs? And then doing it. And I know Jordan and I are always pushing that idea, even on ourselves. We want to do that ourselves. Great. But yeah. Um, I think for a, a long time in the city of Greensburg, there was maybe a little bit of pushback on starting things from a citizen perspective. And now I think that's opened up a little bit more, more opportunities for people to do that. So it's nice to hear stories like you guys saying, hey, we were just sitting around talking and we said we wanted to do this. And now look at you 23, mm -hmm. 24 years later, it's drawn 40,000 people. That's outstanding. Yeah. I, your observation is dead on. Mm -hmm. Greensburg used to have... Um, a real ingrained anti-progress kind of kind of yeah. management. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. It's like if you weren't, if your great grandparents weren't born in Greensburg, nobody wanted to have anything to do with you. Yeah. Um, and um, and consequently, a lot of new blood didn't come in. Mm -hmm. um, and and to this day, you can still see that. Oh yeah. There's, there's a lot of people in governance and um, uh, management, and not just the city itself, all around oh, town. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's changing. It's, it's great. Yeah. Um, I've seen Greensburg. When I came to Greensburg, I, I was living in Squirrel Hill in Pittsburgh, and I read an article. I was working in Greensburg, but there was an article in the Pittsburgh Press about Greensburg getting a new bar. I mean, a new bar is big news in Greensburg. <laughs> yeah. And it was Mr. Toad's. Oh, hey. And at the time, uh, you know, they, they rolled up the sidewalk walks in Greensburg at 5 o'clock. It was really weird to have this little bar mm -hmm. that was booming at midnight. And it was hip in those days. It was, you know, really a lot of young professionals there. Um, and over the years, Greensburg has really evolved. Yeah. And I think it's great. We, you know, we've got a nationally respected museum in town. Um, and that's a wonderful thing. Um, uh, you know, Greensburg's sort of, and, and, and yet it's still quiet, still very safe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of my fondest fondest recollections about Greensburg was they used to, before this, there was a stoplight on this corner, there was a cop there at rush hour directing traffic. And I drove through that intersection twice, at least a day. And one day the policeman comes over to my car and points to the windshield and he said, your inspection expired three months ago. And he <laughs> said, next week it better be inspected. No ticket, no hassle. Yeah, it was just small town good. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I see. Uh, I still see the the pushback from certain folks. Uh, last night, even I was just <laughs> talking about the trip. Put out this thing, and it was just like, hey, we're gonna try and like revitalize uh, the city. We have this plan, um, and uh, you know, I just kind of put down on there like, hey, Pennsylvania Street. Or Pennsylvania Avenue looks uh, pretty good for a walking mall, like a pedestrian mall down there. Block that off, do some stuff. George put been a, pushing this for a while. Pumped a little idea in there. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like one gentleman and I had a conversation back and forth uh, about twenty times, and uh, yeah, it was just like, but where's everyone gonna park? 
There's parking everywhere. <laughs> there is parking everywhere, but people just aren't willing to find it well, or walk. Yeah, um, and then, like, buildings are coming down. Of course, there's going to be more parking. But, uh, you know, we can't sacrifice uh, not having cool things in our town and not growing the town right. because people are afraid to walk a block. Mm-hmm. That's not yeah. how places are, are grown. Um, so, yeah, I still see a little bit of pushback mm-hmm. in that area. You know, and, and that was my one thing. I just said, like, well, what do you propose? We stop growing? Is that it? Like, is Greensburg big enough? <laughs> it was crickets after that. I didn't hear anything back. But uh, that's an interesting thought, though. Uh, yeah. Because one of the things there's this there's this uh, community development um, thought that uh, it's called smart growth, mm-hmm. and uh, um, there was a smart growth office down at UPG, uh, University of Pittsburgh, Greensburg. Right. I don't know if it's still there, but there's still somebody who runs smart growth, and smart growth philosophy is not growing it's really weird i mean like oh, yeah. smart growth doesn't it you know they they don't advocate building big highways they advocate building little isolated communities with minimal car traffic between them mm-hmm. it's, it's an interesting idea and you know there's, there's some argument about that and part of that is constraining the growth but the whole world is go- going urban. I mean, right. the whole world is doing it. Um, so Greensburg's going to grow. Sure. And I am very encouraged by the um, turnover in some of the management and governance in mm-hmm. the city in the last few years. You know, we don't have to mention names, but we've we've lost two of the people who actually fought bitterly against growth and change. Sure. Um, and, um, and, and you can see it. I mean, I mean, I, the word I use to someone is, is Greensburg's kind of going, <sighs> oh, yeah. a little bit of relief. So did you guys run into a lot of that when you guys started this? Did no. you guys, nothing? No. Well, we started it as a city project, right? We were a committee. It was run under the city. All the finances ran through them. And is that the secret then? Maybe. <laughs> Am I learning something right now? <laughs> I th- I think Write as, that down. As it, as it became more, as it became more successful, there were some elements of the city that disliked us, mm-hmm. and I think that was. Uh, uh, and and these are people who are gone, but I think it was a zero sum kind of thinking. Yeah. If they look good, that means we look bad. Right. And so they kind of. And that's actually why we separated from the city, and it was uh, encouraged by city management. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we get along great with the people who are there. That's great. And um, yeah, and and council um, really likes us. So yeah, it's great. I see a ton of support uh, for summer sounds. Obviously, I mean. There's, I mean, you know, it's a Friday whenever, you know, I'm leaving work, I'm going down the street and I see herds of people walking with uh, lawn chairs and camping chairs and coolers and blankets and all kinds of stuff, kids in tow, wagons, all that shit. And it's just like, it's iconic. I mean, it's like, you just know there's something cool going on in Greensburg tonight. Mm -hmm. Like this is, it's a nice day. It's, it's happening. It just puts you in a really great mood Mm -hmm. and you know, 
for this to have been 23, 24 years old is just like, that's so awesome. I love it. I know people that go every single week, every single Friday, which is also good for the town because they get dinner downtown every single Friday. Oh, Um, I didn't bring it, but Chrissy knows. We actually, um, this is our audience surveys. We're one of the few organizations that really knows their audience, knows their customers, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, We did over a measured legitimate um, tech, uh, statistical techniques to measure economic impact. It was designed by a guy who knows how to do this. Our economic impact on the city of Greensburg or Greensburg area last year was over a million dollars. Wow. Jeez, so man. we brought over a million dollars worth of business to Greensburg. And I can tell you one restaurant in town gets $25,000 a year of more business because of summer sounds. See, and that, that, that basic principle right there is why we talk. When we hear something like Jordan saying, hey, we should have a walking mall, just understanding that's going to help the economy overall. The first thought shouldn't be, well, where are we going to put parking? The first thought should be, right. how is this going to benefit everybody? And you right. guys doing that is clearly, I can see all the ripple effect of having up, just people showing up downtown for a concert. You can just see how that affects every single person. Yeah. Same sort of thing with the night market. Everybody comes to the night market, and then it benefits all these businesses around. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's such a great thing that people right. look forward to. Isn't that wonderful? And you see the mm-hmm. impact. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like... And that was just done by an individual. Right, yeah. yeah. And, um, and it's taken off, and she's done great. Right. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, because, I mean, of course you have your, your people that show up downtown on a Friday uh, and maybe they just, they have their kids or something and they just go to the concert and they go home. But the majority of folks, they go out, they eat some dinner, they walk around, maybe they shop, maybe they grab something while they're downtown to eat, um, go out for drinks afterwards. There's all kinds of things going on. It's not just the concert. I mean like the concerts, the draw, but it really helps out everything you know, filters through. It does. The whole yeah. city, yes. Yep. It really does. <clears throat> Getting uh, back to your comment about you see people walking with uh, chairs and things. Yeah. Really, on most of our big concerts, people bring their chairs and set them up at noon. So they have a place. <laughs> my my dad does. There you go. He's out there like 4 a.m. For the Elton John concert. El- Elton Ron. They, yeah. 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 Elton Ron, yes. They, they, uh, they put up chairs the day before. Yeah. yeah. So, and they don't get stolen. No. Nice? People respect the chairs around here. Yeah. I'll tell you what. It's an unwritten rule. We it really is in Pennsylvania. It's like parking at Shadyside. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with... I grew up in Latrobe, but uh, the Latrobe uh, 4th of July parade is like a, a huge deal. You go down there and you put your chairs on that curb, nobody touches your chairs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a thing. That's a day before type of thing. Or else, yeah. Yeah. It's a wild uh, wild thing. I just thought of something. I could, um, talking about impact on the city, when this started, because Steve was GCDC and one of the initial focuses was to draw business and to make Greensburg a cool place, um, we decided to do it Friday night at 7 o'clock. We thought Greensburg's population doubles during the day because people come into town to 
to work. To work, yeah. And we thought by doing a 7 o'clock concert, these people could leave the, leave their cars where they've been all day, walk over to a restaurant, eat dinner, and then go over to the park. Um, and it turns out that didn't happen. Um, most people want to go home for dinner, but there are tons of people who come to town for dinner, but they're mm-hmm. just not the same people. Yeah. Um, that was a surprise to us. Um, and um, uh, lots of people have encouraged us to consider moving it. And so I'd say odds are 99%. Next year, you're going to find Summer Sounds moving to Saturdays, okay. which, will, which will give people more time to come to town, hang out for hours, because, you know, most people don't get off work until five ish. Yeah. Um, so they'll have time during the day to do other stuff, and they, they have more time to spend in Greensburg, and it'll be easier for us, those of us, um, the volunteers. Um, half of us are on Social Security because <laughs> because <laughs> we're, we're the only, <laughs> well, but we're the only people who are available at noon on Fridays. Right. Most people have jobs, and um, you know, with with remote working, a lot of the younger people are now able to knock off on a Friday afternoon and come work with us. But sure. you know, we start at one o'clock, and uh, most people are still at work then. Yeah. So we're going to try Saturday. I I love the idea. You have no idea the rush of adrenaline that just gave me. I know. I have so many hearing ideas. That. I have so many ideas. I just, right now. I was just like, Saturday? I, that means I can, like, go downtown early in the day, grab some lunch, right. maybe some uh, day drinks, and then wander over to the park. That's What about, like, a, a bus that takes you around and then ends up at the at the concert oh. at the end? Well, there I, you go, I, man. I, 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 that's been something I've been yeah. begging for. And the and the, yeah, just a, a Greensburg Loop bus. I mean, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year would cover bus and drivers mm-hmm. for twelve hours a day. Yeah, just yeah. circulate the Greensburg. The, the real problem for Greensburg and growing is it's it's a mountain. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have people down at the park. I mean, I used to take the bands over to the train station for dinner. Um, and so many of them complained about having to walk up that hill. Yeah. I, you know, I can understand, you know, uh, you know, like Commander Cody was 80 years old and had a cane. Um, but even 20-year-old guys in bands would say, wow, we got to walk up that hill. <laughs> um, so I, I, th- I think that's one of the things that constrains Greensburg's growth is that it, people see it, it's, it, you know, People, minds are funny, you know. People, yeah. people complain about having to park in Greensburg. We do have a lot of parking in lots yeah. um, that people don't know about. And then they whine because they have to walk a block to get to the store. <laughs> right. But they'll walk two blocks at Westmoreland Mall to get across the parking <laughs> lot. Oh, God, yeah. So, Absolutely. You're right. You know, it, it's human nature is kind of funny. Yeah. So. So I but I'd you. love to see I, I'd love to see a a, a bus running a downtown mm-hmm. route. Well, that's one of those things I think that the city hears something like that. It's going to be on Saturdays, and so all these businesses will say, "Well, we can do something to help support to be a part of that." I see right. that with other things that are happening in the city, saying we're going to extend our hours of operation a little bit longer because there's a certain event going on. I think something like that that you know is going to be scheduled every Saturday. You'll see people jumping on board saying, "Hey, we're going to we're going to be a part of this bigger summer. Yeah. Sa- summer sounds is no longer just a concert, but it's a whole day." Right. right. 
And it may yeah. be that, uh, like we were talking about Jessica Hickey's thing with the downtown Greensburg project. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe she'll try to pull some of that into this. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm sure. Because she's a person who knows how to make a big thing happen downtown Greensburg. Yeah, for sure. So. I want to talk uh, shift gears and talk about the music because you said that you have a lot more tribute bands this mm -hmm. year. I don't know if you want to get that word out of, of who all we're going to expect. Because I know Elton Ron, of course, is a big pool, but right. we got some right. other bands. Well, the, the opening band, uh, Seven Wonders, is a uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac tribute band out of Rochester, New York. Um, uh, Shirley McMarlin is doing a good article on the trip. It might, might be there today. Um, about them. So we open with them. That's a tribute band. Um, we have a Talking Heads tribute at the end of August. Um, kind of iffy about that because that's a pretty hip band. <laughs> um, and, you know, we're kind of on the edge of West Virginia here. Um, so I didn't know whether Talking Heads would, but I've got heard a lot of good buzz about the Talking Heads tribute. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's a really good act. I mean, it, they really look good. Um, and then we're closing with um, an ABBA tribute that we've had before. Um, until Elton Ron, the ABBA tribute was our biggest draw. Um, and they're quite good. And I mean, I, I, like, I, I like how the band is built. The lady who runs it used to, used to be um, one of the ABBA tribute uh, women in a, in a small band. Oh, and okay. uh, as she got old and didn't feel like doing it anymore, she wanted, she began managing the band herself. And um, a lot of the players, I don't know, if, I shouldn't say a lot, several of the players I know, she hires out of Broadway. They are, oh, wow. They're people who are trained to act and sing, and they're good at both. And so... You know, a tribute is a simulation of the original band. So, mm -hmm. boy, I, I, I thought, that's brilliant. That's where you're going to find people who can do this, yeah. is go to Broadway. Um, uh, one of them is uh, actually from Pittsburgh. Anyhow, that, that will be a good band, a good show. They do a great job. I, I, I respect them. Um, and uh, four tribute bands is by far the most we've ever done. I think the most we've ever done before is two. Um, they always draw very well, but Summer Sounds by design has always had an eclectic mix. Um, you know, kind of informally, you know, I might say I'm going to book at least one country band, at least one bluegrass band. Um, uh, There's some bands that, that just don't sell here. Um, uh, you can't do urban stuff. Um, people, mm -hmm. we, we're an old audience. Greensburg is not racially diverse. Um, but we try to bring a mix. I mean, you know, I, I booked Glenn Miller, which was a shock to me. Um, the Glenn Miller band, which of course is not the original, but is a replica. You know, it's a big band, um, and um, and the two fronts for it are great actors. Um, I mean, you think that you're in the 30s in the nightclub, yeah. um, and I really questioned how well that would go, but it, I'd like to be diverse. I was amazed 
at the number of young people that came to that and dug this ancient music. Um, so it's fun. I mean, it, you know, you'll find if you look at our schedules some bands that you've never heard of. I mean, you know, who would expect the, what is it, the Slum, Slambovian Circus of Dreams? <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, and, the, and they bill themselves as Hillbilly Pink Floyd. Oh, now that, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that sounds cute. Yeah. I mean, they're a good band, but it'll be different stuff. And, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, and uh, you know, I mean, over the years, I've always tried to do something I always called Take a Chance. Mm -hmm. I always tried to do something offbeat. had a band from Africa, uh, from the guys from Malawi. And these were kind of impoverished, cool kids. All their instruments they made themselves. And wow. they didn't, didn't survive the plane trip. Oh. So I, you know, at, at 2 o'clock on Saturday, on Friday afternoon, I'm running home getting C-clamps and glue to glue these wooden instruments back together. And they were playing, They, you, do you remember that, Karen? Right. Guy was playing a big marimba he made, and it was like out of old sewer pipes and wood. and, um, very, and They it, were very creative. And Yeah, and it had clamps on it right. holding oh, it yeah. together. During, during Another the thing, some of the bands that we have uh, had in early times we can't even get back because oh, they've right. grown and mm -hmm. they and we can't afford them anymore because they've just right taken right. off. Right. Well, I was going to ask you guys to give us a little peek <laughs> behind the curtain here. How do you go about scheduling and getting bands and like how, how does that? Because you're talking about getting people in Africa, Broadway. I mean, all these different mm -hmm. you know places you probably wouldn't think would come to Greensburg. But mm -hmm. how, how do you go about scheduling and getting? It's these bands? it's kind of changed. Um, I just you know I did it for years. And I'm, st I'm still doing it, but not completely. About five years ago, there was a, a guy who was the president judge of the circuit court, Dick McCormick. Uh, judge McCormick would come to all the concerts, and he would talk to me, and it became obvious he, that he really knew music. Um, mostly Americana, but he knew a lot of stuff. And, um, and I said, why don't you help me with booking? And he spends a lot of time and so i'd say for five maybe ten years he's done a lot of the booking for the you know part of that time it was half and half i'd book the things you know like when, when i booked abba he said i'm not coming i'm staying home he, he <laughs> thought he said disco sucks you know um, <laughs> and uh and he wouldn't come he came to it and loved it, um, <laughs> but uh, but he doesn't know a lot of contemporary music, um, mm -hmm. but he knows Americana like crazy, um, and he's done a great job. I, uh, most of the bands this year were booked by him. I'd say seven of them were booked by him. Um, <clears throat> so the, the the process, his process and mine are both very different. Um, uh, that's because we're different people and we hear music differently. Mm -hmm. um, it's very interesting to him. To him, he listens to the music, and the first thing he hears is lyrics. Um, yeah. And the first thing I hear is uh, instrumentation and production. 
We've talked about that before. We're different yeah. in that same way. I'm lyrics. He's instrumentation. Yeah. 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 And, um, and it's funny. I mean, there are some songs, there's some music I love that's popular, and I can't tell you any more lyrics than the title. <laughs> the same way. Yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. So, um, on the other hand, he is just the opposite. You know, I mean, we'll listen to something, and I'll say the bass, is, the bass player's out of tune, it's flat, and he'll say, what? You know, um, and, um, or, you know, complain about the mix um, is very hard to mix. Um, and um, so, as for booking, um, Dick's just on the internet, and he... he I can't remember the magazine he gets. He gets a magazine about Americana, so he's seeing new bands all the time. Um, and I just discover things surfing the net, just listening and occasionally, like on WYEP, mm -hmm. you know, I'll hear something, I'll say, that's cool, I'll park the car and wait and hear and write down who it is and go look them up. I think that's how I found Lake Street Dive. I don't know if you guys know that band. I do. Um, I actually uh, photographed them for their debut in, uh, there was a magazine online, whenever they came up in uh, New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I heard him on WYEP yeah. and thought, boy, that girl's got a voice. Um, and I'm in love with, um, I've forgotten her name, the bass player. I love the heck out of her. She's um, nice. So <laughs> we, 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 um, we, I booked them and then, uh, then next year couldn't afford them and still mm -hmm. can. Um, uh, I don't know how I came across snark. Oh, I know how somebody, told me um, a fusion jazz guy in D.C. said, there's this emerging band from New York called Snarky Puppy. Check them out. And they were very cool. Um, and, um, you know, it's a bunch of kids from Juilliard, basically. Oh. Um, and uh, so they came to Greensburg, made a deal with them. And, um, and when uh, Michael League is the, the core of that group, when um, we were talking about how many rooms to book, he said, you know, like six rooms or six, six of us. And I said, wait a minute, Michael, the video I looked at had like 20 people in it. You know, Snarky Puppy is kind of a collective. And I said, I was hoping to get a big band. I said, you know, can, can, we, can we add some more people or something? He said, oh, I can call a whole bunch of my friends. You know, can you spare another thousand? Yeah, I could spare another thousand. Okay, I'll bring five and more five more guys. <laughs> Anyhow, so so we had a ten piece version of maybe of Snarky Puppy, and um, uh, and a lot of people who thought they hated jazz came to me and said, "I thought I hated jazz, but this is cool." Mm -hmm. Anyhow, then that fall, Michael, the, like I said, the leader of the group, said, "I just love this venue." You know, it's beautiful. You guys are professional. You treat us like kings. Um, everything is done right. Well, it's a cool little town. We love it. I want to come back next year. And I said, and I want you back. And um, then they won a Grammy that fall. <laughs> uh, and I called their new agent. And uh, I said, want to get snarky puppy and he said i said how much now that they won a grammy he said 25 and i said oh great i paid him 2500 last year and he <laughs> said no 25000 <000." laughs> and 
Um, yeah. I said, look, Michael said he liked the gig. Call him and tell him I'll pay him 2500 this year. <laughs> the agent called me back two days later and said he's out of his mind, but he wants to do it again. That's very flattering. That's wow. amazing. So they came back a second year for a tenth of what they were getting. Actually, we get a lot of bands like that. That's part of the booking process. Um, it's like buying a used car. The price of a band is whatever you can get. Um, we will have bands this summer that will be getting on Saturday night four times what we pay them. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of our contracts have non-disclosure agreements in them. Um, you know, ideally, you know, w when we get really lucky, we can find a $10,000 band who is playing in D.C. on Thursday um, and Cleveland on Saturday, and they've got to drive right by Greensburg with nothing to do. Right, yeah. So, mm -hmm. so we, we grab them, and usually they're happy with them. Um, you know, they're great, you know, because we'll feed them a great meal in downtown Greensburg. We buy them rooms, and they get to do a really nice gig, and we get a bargain. And a lot of our bands are like that. Um, I shouldn't say a lot, but considerable number of them. I, I'm looking at this, and I know two bands that are four times what, what we're paying. Wow. So. That's pretty amazing. In, in your the nonprofit, do you have avenues to raise money things like that like if somebody wanted to give to the nonprofit, could they do that? um well the you know the yes <clears throat> being a nonprofit, the main point of it is it, it opens up the ability to get grants yeah um while there are grants that are given to for profits like the laurel highlands visitors bureau uh administrators of Westmoreland County tourism grants, and those can be given to, to for-profit businesses. In fact, I think uh, Main Street Suites downstairs got a, got a grant from them. But most grants are restricted to nonprofit or organizations. So, and we, we have not availed ourselves of a lot of those, um, mostly for lack of time. Um, we're volunteer run and writing, administering and closing out grants is a real pain. Mm. Um, but we do get money from grants and I would say roughly, very roughly, the funding for Summer Sounds is about a third audience donations, about a third local sponsors, <coughs> businesses that give us money, um, and um, and a third from grant sources, government. I mean, uh, we're, I'm hoping we got uh, a Pennsylvania State Arts Grant this year. Um, but it, that's roughly what it boils down to. Um, yeah. And Karen has helped a lot with the local businesses. It's time-consuming, um, going out and banging on doors and begging. Yes, beg, begging, really. <laughs> but you know what? There's some that I went to this year that were very disappointed that nobody contacted them before, and they are so willing to be able to be a part of this yeah. mm -hmm. program. Yeah. Right. And we also, I don't know whether you want to get into that part of it, but we also do a surveys at the concerts, mm -hmm. which give us a lot of feedback of where people go to eat, 
if they came with their families or by themselves or whatever. And we have a, a girl that puts all this in a context. Well, right there, that's, she has that, it. That's the summary of it. <clears throat> yep. That uh, we know who is coming to the concerts, where they came from, a lot of, a lot of different mm -hmm. information that helps us throughout the year to right. what even book. What kind of music they like is right. one of the things in right. the survey, which interestingly enough, all the genres <laughs> that I put on the survey says, you know, do you like soft rock, hard rock, country, um, you know, bluegrass. Um, last year I had Tibetan throat singing, and actually some people <laughs> voted for that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and a lot of people went polka bands. Polka bands, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're kidding. Oldies, doo -wop. My, one of my neighbors came over to me with a check for $1,000 and held it out. He said, this is for summer sounds. And as I reached for it, he pulled it back, and he said, when you book a doo-wop band. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dang. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we have to be careful not to book. Uh, you know, that, that's the downside of tributes. Tributes are, by definition, old bands almost always. Right. Um, and doo-wop is very old bands. Um, and I'll tell you, we could fill the park every week with tribute bands and doo-wop bands and polka bands. The trouble is that we'd be marching to the grave with our audience. Yeah. Ten years, the people who are asking for that music are going to be in a grave. Right. Um, so we try very hard, actually, to push the average audience down. But you can't do it very. We've succeeded to some extent. I think our average audience is ten years younger than it was when we started. You can't do that overnight. I mean, if overnight I book the stuff that is popular with twenty-five-year-old yuppies, the park would be almost empty right. because it takes long time to shift. You know, all the old, all the old parts are. Forgot we're we're not we're not on broadcast, so I can say old parts. <laughs> you, know. you can say whatever you yeah. want. <laughs> it's a free for all. Anyhow, it's it, it's really kind of interesting. You know, there, yeah. there are a lot. There's a lot that plays into kind of the structure of this thing, mm -hmm. and um, uh, and it's evolved over the years. I want to share an anecdote with you. Um, one of the things that I'm most proud of repeating to people about summer sounds was one year, uh-oh, <coughs> you're excused. <laughs> in, the, in the early days, um, Steve Gifford met a woman who uh, had come to town for an interview, I think, at Excella. Well, then it was probably Westmoreland Hospital. But she'd come up from D.C. And somehow she met... GCDC maybe to find out where to live or something and so it was a Friday interview and so she spent Friday night in Greensburg and stumbled on summer sounds and said this is a cool town and she took the job and bought a house in Academy Hill within walking distance and that was like oh man this is what we wanted to do yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it's wild I mean I could definitely see, you know, people being here on vacation, maybe visiting family or something like that, running into an event like this and just being obsessed with 
something new. I mean, that's how I get when I go on vacation. Mm -hmm. I go somewhere and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is so cool. I don't ever want to leave. I want this in my town or something like that. And, I mean, this is this is right on par with anything you'd find, you mm -hmm. know, cool somewhere else. Just hope, hope nobody starts getting bored with it. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. And I just like with the whole like young people thing going there and like, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that people expect to go there and hear like, uh, Ariana Grande or something like that. Like right. people aren't going there for that. Mm -hmm. Those shows, people are going to go out. They're going to go out to like Birdstown. They're going to go out and, and see those shows. I think that people of all ages just kind of want to go up to these shows and really just kind of hang out and yeah. introduce themselves to some new styles of music, mm -hmm. things like that. So, like, I, I don't see why, you know, anybody would worry about, like, pushing any kind of super new uh, genres of music or no. anything like that. I think the doo-wop, I would be there in a heartbeat. Like that's something that I would love to to hear. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, that would be something. But uh, well, yeah, and I think uh, for young people, um, you're you're offering more of an experience. I think, yeah, which is what Jordan's saying. I'm just copying off of you, but you know, like for me, I I besides the tribute bands, I probably don't know any of the bands on there. But I'm gonna go because it's gonna be an, an experience. There's gonna mm -hmm. be food there. Mm -hmm. Um, all these trucks and things like that that's going on. So it's it's something to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I think Summer Sounds is bigger than just, oh, you're really going to like this band. It's a whole experience of Friday are, night. You are touching on the, what what is the second biggest point of Summer Sounds, which was not really by design, but that is it's a community-building event. Mm -hmm. I have I didn't realize it, but the number of people who say to me, the thing that they love about Summer Sounds is I go there and I see people who I don't see otherwise for a whole year. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've reacquainted with people I went to high school with and all these, it's community building. It really is. And that that's, uh, was a surprise it's a to me. social event. Yeah. Really it is, it's cool. I mean like where else can you just go up and like see somebody you haven't seen and like toss a blanket on the ground and sit down next to them and have a beer? Mm -hmm. I mean that's like, I mean, it'd be weird otherwise. <laughs> you oh, know what I mean? Oh, beer, beer. In, in that was that was my great. That was my great attempt at a at a transition. Beautiful <laughs> segue. Beer in a no alcohol park. What? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if you guys know, but we're going to have beer this year. That's fantastic. Uh, we're That's... going to. Um, we're trying it out. Some people. We floated the idea. We, we considered it, when we started Summer Sounds, one of the committee members, I, I'd never mentioned that. Uh, when we started it, I admitted the name of Tom Spahn, who was the city administrator, who was also our part of our committee. And Tom really pushed for beer at Summer Sounds, but we thought that's not very family friendly. Um, but 20, 25 years ago, beer wasn't what beer is now. Right. Beer is more like wine. You know, you're not going to get drunks coming in buying $7 beers. Um, <laughs> so we're, and, and, and because we are a Greensburg thing, we are restricting it to Greensburg breweries. 
So there will be four Greensburg kind of stretching the boundary because All Saints is not literally in Greensburg, but we think of it as Greensburg. Right. So we're going to have four four breweries shortly. And um, and I guess, well, Yellow Bridge isn't strictly a Greensburg brewery, but they have a store to here. So, right. Um, so it's going to be local brews, and um, uh, Summer Sounds might make some money on it. Who knows? We're going to try it and see how it works out see what the crowd reaction is, see if the guys who are selling beer like it and are making money. Um, and that will be, hopefully, a good change. Yeah. Oh, so. I think it will be. I think it'll bring... <laughs> I, honestly, I think it's a great progressive move forward mm-hmm. to just say, hey, we're trying some things out. Right. Mm-hmm. I know people who just bring beer anyway, whether whether right. they're hush-hush about it or not. I just right. know that they well, do that. You know, I, you know, our insurance policy says that we are a no alcohol venue yeah yeah <laughs> i have this really cool uh thing it's like a uh, plastic coke thing that slides over top of a beer can so it looks like it looks i'm drinking like a, a coke, coke but i'm drinking a beer the whole yeah. time so if you see me with a full flavor coke it's not that's not what i'm drinking oh, yeah well you know the, the i take my dog on walks with that thing all the time <laughs> You're like, man, you drink a lot of pop. I'm like, huh? You think? <laughs> yeah. Well, I use the fact that the uh, park is, strictly speaking, a no-alcohol venue. Right. I mean, there's signs outside say no alcohol allowed. Um, and we all know that that means that only 80% of the people at the concerts are drinking. Right. <laughs> but uh, um, it, it, it turns out that there is an advantage Bands have hospitality riders on their contracts yeah. that say, you know, like, you know, we will have vegan hamburgers and such and such a brand, only so-and-so's root beer. Um, and there will be three bottles of uh, Jack Daniels and one bottle of Wiggle. You know, well, mm-hmm. on that, I just cross out all the alcohol and say, no alcohol permitted in the park. And they say, fine. <laughs> and then they come here and they find growlers from, back, from All Saints backstage. <laughs> so. That's a nice money-saving tactic right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> so no Jack know. Daniels, but I did get your green M&Ms. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. The, I talked to, I talked to, I used to know um, the um, – tour manager for Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Bruce Jackson. He's actually an iconic guy in the music business. Um, and uh, it was funny, uh, when Springsteen would play in town, I'd always go and I'd sit in the sound booth of Bruce and we BS the whole concert. Paid no attention to Bruce Springsteen. I've got an all access pass and people couldn't believe I never went back to meet Bruce. No, I never met Bruce. You know, it's a job. He's not there. He don't want to meet people. Right. Um, and um, But uh, he told me that the legendary story of the green M&Ms. He said it's true. And he <laughs> said, and the reason he knew the guy who did it. I can't remember it was who, who, the, who the manager was that did that, put that in there. And he said he knew that when the band, you know, the, the rider will have a lot of technical details in it. Um, and sometimes the food details are important, like, you know, one of the guys is allergic to peanuts. Right. <laughs> you know, 
you don't want to put peanuts in in some of the food. Anyhow, but he said if he arrived and there was a bowl of green M&M's, he knew the rider was paid attention to and he didn't have to worry about everything else. Mm. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Very smart. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoy where you guys are going with this. I, I love the fact that, I mean, even... 24 years later, you guys are trying new things, mm-hmm. uh, willing to, you know, just experiment. It's That's not something that a lot of people are willing to do, especially if they have something that's very established mm-hmm. um, and already successful. I mean, like, and I really enjoy that. I, I feel like uh, it's very inspirational. Mm-hmm. You guys is story about how this all started and things is kind of uh, a whole generation of where, you know, Ryan and I are kind of at now, just in the beginning stages of trying to come up with new ideas and, and do some, you know, things of our own here. So, yeah, it takes that, like, uh, we have, you mentioned UPG, we have all these colleges and universities in the area and we have these generations of people that are coming up and unfortunately we're finding with the data that they come here for college and then they just leave, leave. Right. because there are no jobs yeah and that's right. that's sad to me and greensburg does have this lingering reputation of it being uh, for older generations and not necessarily catering to people who are looking for whatever right. they're looking for at the time so it's nice to see even things like the institution of summer sounds that's still moving in that direction even though it might be for a particular demographic you're still saying hey we're offering all these things I think just going for the experience is something that young people will be interested in. But we need more people like you guys who are going to step up and say, we want to start something brand new because, um, like you said, eventually this generation is going to move on, a new generation is going to come up, and um, we need that, that cycle of people who are willing to start these these things and grow them, spend the time all year round to grow them. Right. Um, or else it just sort of dies off. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the, it, it's the problem is not – just Greensburg, it's Western Pennsylvania, yeah. um, and um, and pretty much all through the Rust Belt. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, I mean, there are no coal mining jobs anymore. Uh, we lost the steel industry. Um, well, the steel industry actually still exists. I shouldn't say that. It's just not in Pittsburgh anymore. Yeah. Um, and the world is changing, but the salvation is going to be, I think, remote workers. Yeah. Um, there are several young professionals on my street. I just live up Maple Avenue. Um, in fact, my daughter and her husband moved two years ago from uh, Upper St. Clair, which is an expensive suburb of Pittsburgh, to Greensburg. Um, they got twice as big a house for almost half the money, and... They're both remote workers, and um, and so young professionals. I mean, I know people who work for Google who live in Greensburg. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that may help, and and trying to to build things that they will enjoy to keep them in Greensburg is right. going to prove effective. Right. Going to be very valuable. Um, I, I was very encouraged by the fact that although we are not on the same political wavelength, um, we got two young people on Greensburg City Council. 
I mean, it used to be, you know, you couldn't get elected to city council unless you were 70 years old. Right. Um, and, um, you know, so Greensburg's moving younger, and I, I, that's, that's great. Um, you know, they're, you know, the industry continues to leave Greensburg. Um, uh, I worked for a long time for the biggest manufacturing company in Greensburg, and it's going. Um, and uh, but cool new things will move in and replace it. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, it's so attractive. I mean, I, people from D.C. that come visit me just say this is really a nice town, and they can't believe how cheap it is. Yeah, you know, the cost of living in Greensburg is way lower. So, yeah, it's why. I mean, we have friends from Florida that they moved here and. It's wild because, you know, I'll be like, man, how did you guys move, like, the beach town and blah? And, you know, they tell me that it's just – it's it's a different thing. Like, when you live there, it's not it's not vacation. You know what I mean? And, and that's hard for me to understand because, like, you feel like when you're at – when you live by a beach, it's like you figure you'd go there all the time. And then I have to remember that, you know, there was a point in time I lived in Erie for uh, four years, and I went to that lake twice. The whole time I was there. But now, my family, try, we try to go there every summer, like multiple times, because we love that place. Mm-hmm. But the whole time I was there, I only went twice. Right. You know? So, it's, uh, yeah, it's a great place to come here, raise a family. Westmoreland County is just, uh, I think, such an awesome place. And like you were saying about the cop earlier who was just like, hey, get that inspected and stuff. There's a lot of really cool things that happen like that Mm -hmm. and uh not being allowed to drink in the park uh you know and i'm throwing that up in quotes for those of you who aren't seeing this but uh you know there people relax around here about certain events and things like that show show good judgment exactly yeah Yeah, you show good judgment people are okay with it and uh you know it's it's really cool um it's a cool place to live and that's i mean why we do this podcast that's why i love running my business here that's uh can't imagine going anywhere else and doing this yeah yeah so thanks for all the work you guys do all year round i mean i know it's a lot sure what are you doing on friday nights by the way i'm I'm coming to see fleetwood mac tribute van (laughs) yeah the first one i was thinking more in terms of 9 30 to midnight Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm booked. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I um, seriously, and, and and you mentioned earlier, Karen, like, we, I know you need a lot more volunteers, so they're out there. If people are listening and mm-hmm. have time to spare, jump in, because we need, uh, this thing's going to continue to grow, and which means more volunteers. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be there every week. Mm. Yeah. You know, we can mix you in wherever you're needed, so it's not like you're committing to seven Friday nights that you have to be there. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we can yeah. We can work around things. Yeah. So. Our uh, volunteer manager, Jeannie Kaler, has this enormous spreadsheet, you know, all the jobs, all the weeks, all the people. <laughs> but, <laughs> who's going where, who's going to do what. And yeah. She's on, she's on top of things. She's yeah. on top of things. That's yep. good. Well, she, we really owe all our gratitude to Jean for starting this in the mm-hmm. first place and all the work and time. I know it's 
very, very time consuming, and he goes crazy. At this time of year. At this time of year, a little before, <laughs> mm-hmm. trying to get everything done. And yeah. But he's great. Yeah. He's really great. Mm-hmm. And we thank you. Oh, thank you. You're okay. too kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you guys both for coming on and uh, really just kind of giving us all a background of, you know, such an iconic event here in Greensburg. Um, I would love to have you guys back anytime, uh, especially when this thing turns back or turns on to a Saturday type of event. Mm-hmm. I would love to see what uh, yeah. what kind of changes and uh, what you guys see as far as, uh, you know, pluses, minuses, positives, negatives, things like that. I think it's all going to be positives. I mean, uh, Saturdays are just – Saturdays are a good time, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. yeah. I, I really am glad to hear that. Yeah. And I already checked it out with city council, and they'd be cool with it too. Sweet. So, But they will have to bump some people who do Saturdays or have done Saturdays yeah. for years. So, well. But that will be great. Did yeah. I mention, by the way, that we have more food trucks this year? Actually, we did not talk about oh. the food trucks. We talked about yeah. beer. Let's squeeze that in before <laughs> yeah. we get out of here. Yeah, I'm interested. Just want to mention yes, that, definitely. that by popular demand, we, we're adding more food. Good. So we've always, always had a few food trucks, two maybe, um, or food vendors. But we've added two or three this year. Um, as it turns out, um, even the guys who have food there now think we should have more food because, <laughs> because well because people will then think of it as a place i can come to buy dinner right yeah rather and um so they think it'll make more of them will be more business for everybody mm-hmm. so it's a good mentality be a change that's a great mentality to have yeah who all is uh involved uh maybe this this opening one this friday um the, the food trucks yeah yeah um well from Greensburg Pit Take Barbecue okay. is coming. Um, they'll be there maybe 10 out of 13 concerts. Um, Firehouse Subs will be there a few nights. Um, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is there Ooh, almost wow. every night. They're nuggies. Um, yeah. Rail and Six <laughs> Country Farms has been there for at least 10 years. Um, and um, Barry's... Uh, Italian ice, Italian ice, and pizza. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, Italian ice, which comes pizza. from Pizza Siena. So, okay. but when Barry started doing pizzas, he told me where he was getting them from. Yeah, and I said, get them from Pizza Siena. They're in Greensburg. And there you so go. He said, okay. Yeah. So he changed his pizza supplier. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yep. Awesome. All good, all good vendors in in my book, right there. That's great. Very good. Well, thank you guys again uh, for coming on. I look forward to uh, spending the whole summer over at the park, checking out some great music, and uh, I hope everybody listening and tuning in uh, to the replay and all that uh, feels the same. So, we'll see you guys uh, next time. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Welcome to the local Seven Two Four podcast. In three, two, one.